Business Breakthrough Thursdays is a podcast for business owners, not just any business owner, but leaders who are not satisfied with their current levels of growth, productivity, or profitability. Leaders who are dedicated to taking their business to the next level. Leaders who want to break through. In this podcast, we'll interview breakthrough business owners, innovative CEOs, and thought leaders. People who are creating change for their businesses, their industry, and their community. Each episode will give you actionable ideas and strategies to help create your own breakthrough business. Please welcome your host, David Fionda. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to Business Breakthrough Thursdays. I've got the ultimate pleasure today of welcoming my longtime friend and uh, marketing and referral network expert, Dan Krause. Dan's got 30 years of experience in the business software industry. Actually, I was there when Dan had his first experience in the business software industry. During this time, he has led the development and execution of product, sales and marketing strategies for some of the world's largest ERP software brands. His career has been dedicated to helping businesses grow through accelerated sales, marketing, and customer service. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thanks, Dave. And yes, I've known you for pretty much all of those 30 years of experience. So, yep, we go back a long way. A real long way. So, Dan, today we're going to talk about you know building a successful referral network. And I guess the first question I have for you is, why are referrals so important in driving new business growth? So, I think you've got to think about it depending on where your business is at. Right. If if you're a new business and you're trying to grow it, the thing about referrals is that it's a really low cost way to get business. Right. You know, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do it. It's a big time commitment, but generally, if you look at a, a business starting up, you look at a founder, they don't have a lot of money sitting in their pockets, but they've got some time that they can do to generate business. And, and referrals are a good way to do that. If you're an established business, referrals help you drive business faster. Right. Referral deals tend to close faster because they come with trust, right? When you get referred by somebody, there's there's an implied trust. And so that trust kind of makes the whole sales cycle go faster. And I think the other thing that's really important to remember is that people who are referred to you tend to be the same type of people who are going to refer you in the future, right? They asked for a referral or they heard about you through a referral. So after they become your customer and you service them for a while, if you're asking them for a referral, they're more likely to be the ones that, that refer you back out. So th- those all kind of add to, you know, why it's so important. That's uh, great information, Dan. Tell me a little bit about what are some of the first steps? Our listeners and our primarily technical business owners and founders who are looking to grow their business and want to build their sales marketing, business development skills, and also their referral skills and generating referral networks, which is the subject of this podcast. So tell me, what are some of the first steps that our listeners can take to creating a successful, profitable referral network? There's, there's a few things that I you've got to think about. They don't necessarily have to be done in this order, but they're kind of the order they come to me in. I think first and foremost, you've got to think about what are the most likely sources for referrals. And it's interesting. When I talk to people about this, they either think about their customers or they think about somebody else in business. They generally don't think about both. And, and the reality is, is your customers are going to be a source of referrals, but then there's also a lot of people who do business with your customers that are good sources for referrals, right? And 
you can think about really obvious ones. So let's say, for instance, you're a real estate agent, right? You, you would think about, um, you know, all the different people that could refer business to you. And some of them are obvious, right? You know, it could be employers. It can be a uh, preschool where you're, you've got kids that are growing. So that's kind of an indicative, that indicator that a parent might need to, to move to another house. You know, there, there's places you can get clues. But you can also think multiple steps down the road. Right. So again, for that realtor, it might be a contractor where a contractor is getting a request to make a change to a house that they really can't make to the make to that house. So you could ref, that could be a referral source. So it's thinking about who does business with the same person that you're trying to do business with. And again, B2B, B2C are kind of different. So with B2C, you're tending to get a referral into that company, that, that person directly. With B2B, it's more likely to get a referral into a company as opposed to a person. With B2B, though, you want to try and align yourself with people who are going to do business not only with the kind of companies you want to do business with, but also with the same level of title or role that you're most likely going to do business with. So if you're getting referrals to the guy who does maintenance on the shop floor, but what you really need is a referral to the guy who's in charge of manufacturing, that's not going to work out so well for you. So on, on a B2B side, you want to think about who are the people that are doing business with the kind of companies I want to work with, but also the right role. On the B2C, it's who else is doing business with those, those, those same kind of customers that I want. So keeping those both in mind. And the third kind of referral, so we've got customers, we've got business partners. The third kind would be um, people that are going to see a trigger event, right? Something that's happening that's going to make it likely that this person or this company is going to be in the market. They not, may not be able to do an introduction, but they might actually see the trigger event that would tell you, hey, this is somebody you might want to go talk to. You know, maybe, maybe you're a commercial realtor and you're trying to lease office space to somebody. That trigger event might be that um, a, you know, a, a, I, I was going to say a copier salesman, but we don't have copiers anymore. So, you know, l- let's say that, that a, a technology guy or uh, an internet wiring guy <laughs> got a got a job from one of his clients to go and add a whole bunch more drops, right? So all of a sudden, you know that this company is expanding. They may need more office space. Now, that internet guy may not know the right person to introduce you to, but he could say to you, hey, here's a company you should go talk to. They might be looking for some new office space. So it's thinking about who can, who can recommend you, i.e. be an active referral versus who might come across a clue or an indication that this is somebody you should go talk to. So it's really thinking about it in a couple of different ways. And I know I kind of rambled through that, but you know, hopefully that's that's clear enough. Oh, Dan, it's it's really clear. I think that I think that a lot of times it sounds to me like I mean, again, I've only done mostly B two B, but it's, but you've got experience with both. It sounds like to me that you know, first you have to understand how you a B two B company or a B two C company, but more importantly, it sounds like building a referral network in B two C is a little bit easier because you're talking direct. What would you say is easier? Building a B2C network or a B2B network? Well, you know, this comes down to, to the second point I was going to go into, and I'll, and I'll tie them together for you, right? It's how do you make it easy for people to introduce you? So most people start a referral with, hey, if you could introduce me to, you know, I'd love to be introduced to anyone who is looking to buy a new, new house. Or, you know, could you introduce me to anyone you know who's looking to buy a new car, right? Anyone's this really broad term. And 
as human beings, we don't do a good job in thinking of broad terms. We need to have things framed for us or put into a box that helps us think about it, right? So in the B2C world, if you're going to ask for somebody who, you know, if you know somebody who's going to buy a new car or buy a new house, you might want to frame it a little bit differently, which is, hey, if you know anybody who um, has recently had a child and might need some more space, that'd be a great introduction for me, right? I've framed it. I've helped people understand a way to think about it. And I've given them instantly a way to think about, hey, yeah, you know what? A friend of mine or a friend of a friend just had a kid, right? So it, it helps lock your mind into something concrete. On the B2B side, that's a little bit harder because you don't always see what's going on inside of a company. And, and at one point, I had a client who's actually, their best referral source was actually the UPS guy because he figured out <laughs> how to train the UPS guy to look at the whiteboards of the companies he walked into. <laughs> and so he, he framed it up with the UPS guy that, hey, if you ever walk into a company and you see this type of diagram on the whiteboard, please tell me about it, right? Never got introduced to the company, but he got a lot of clues about here's people he should go talk to. So, you know, th they can be equally easy if you can identify the right kind of trigger points and the right way to frame it. That's, that's great. That's great, Dan. It's a great piece of advice because and next time the UPS, luckily the UPS guy only drops stuff off at my front door now. So, right. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But, you know, as you said, I think the point you made is that people many times, the mistake they make in referrals is, can I get a referral? Right. Can I get a referral? And, and you're saying, tell me who you want to be referred to. And more importantly, tell me specifically the kind of people you want me to be referred to. Yeah. Tell me the kind of people and tell me the event to look for. Right. You know, what's the type of thing that's going to trigger it? And, and, you know, you made a really good point, which is you actually have to ask for a referral. Right. A lot of times we make the assumption that, hey, if we're doing a really great job for somebody, they'll tell somebody else about it. And, you know, 20 percent, give or take of your customers will actively talk about you if you're doing a really good job. The other 60 to 80 percent won't. So you actually have to ask for it. Right. So, you know, every time you talk to somebody, uh, say, hey, you know, if you know anybody else that would benefit from this service we provide, if you know anybody else who'd benefit from this product that we sell, um, ask for the referral. And then, you know, put it on your invoices, right? The, the greatest compliment you can pay is a referral, you know, is to refer somebody off out to us. Put it on your communication. But, you know, I think really importantly, frame it, right? Anyone is not a referral. You want to be specific about this. Yeah, it brings you back to thinking about, you know, uh, we have an election coming up in this country and Tip O'Neill and his book had well, like one of the most memorable stories I've ever heard about life. And, and he said that his very first race uh, for uh, like local town seat when he first started, he lost by like three votes or four votes. And he came home and he's sitting on his stoop in Cambridge in the city and he's all dejected. And Mrs. O'Malley says, Tip, Tip, what's the matter? He says, oh, I lost my race. Oh, that's too bad. But, you know, at least I know you voted for me. She said. I didn't vote for you, Tip. Why? Because you never asked. People like to be asked. Yep. And it's the same type of thing. Uh, it's the same type of thing. You know, and, and I think people are uncomfortable sometimes asking for referrals, but if you've done a good job, right, that, then they're actually comfortable with it. And I think the other thing to remember is that, you know, as humans, we're very tribal. We actually get, we actually get a shot of, I think it's dopamine we get a shot of when we actually do something good for somebody else. And if you're referring somebody into a service or a product that they need and they've asked for a referral or they're asking for information, you're doing something good for them. 
So it's actually a reward to you and to them. So, you know, you shouldn't be hesitant about it. What about the impact of, you know, customer service on referrals? You know, lots of times, you know, how important is having happy customers to making referrals? It's a requirement, right? You know, it's people are not going to refer something that they're not comfortable with, right? You know, you go to a restaurant, you have really great service and really great food. The first time you're going to tell somebody about it. The next time you go back, you know what? The service is great, but the food wasn't so good. The third time you go back, you know, the service, whichever I just said, it was the opposite, right? The food was awful, but the service is great. You know, if it's an inconsistent experience, people aren't going to recommend it because they're putting themselves on the line for that referral or that recommendation. So you need to have good service and you need it to be consistently good service. It's not just, hey, it's, it's once and done. So, you know, as, as you think about how do you build your business and what is the value of a customer, it's not just the value of what the customer is buying from you once, but the long-term value of how many times they could refer you. What's their influence? And that, that's really important through that whole process. Yeah, you're not going to refer somebody that you're not comfortable with or you don't know, no, do, that you don't know can do a great job, right? I think, uh, I think that that's kind of, as you said, that's tantamount to, you know, a lot of people that um, my, my cousin down in New Orleans owns a restaurant, Chef Ron's Gumbo Stop, by the way, a little shout out for my, my cousin Ron. And the first thing he did was he basically gave everyone who left a, a recommendation or a referral on Yelp a free dessert. And he built this following of like four and a half, 4.75 stars out of five. And it's driven his business because people told other people and they were able to refer other people, yep. et cetera. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's, especially in today's social media rating driven world, right? There's, there's a blurring of lines between what's a referral, what's a recommendation and what's a rating, right? A referral is somebody who is going to actively go out and talk about your business or tell your business voice to voice to somebody else. It's word of mouth marketing, Right. You know, the fact that I'm willing to be a reference for you is somebody who's saying, hey, I'm interested in your product or your service. Tell me somebody else who's been successful. And then you've got customers who are willing to be a reference for you, stand up for you. Mm -hmm. And then the whole rating game in some cases is a game, but it's really a matter of those people who don't know you, who don't know anybody to ask personally, where are they going to go get their information? And they're going to go online, right? And they're going to go and see what Google or Yelp or any of the other review sites have to say about you. So you've got to be cognizant of all three of those as you're thinking about how do I build my, my reputation overall. You know, Dan, you've been involved. I've known you, like I said, since I think I met you in 1988. So that's like, that's like 32 years ago, right? Yep. That's a long time ago. And uh, we both did work for a little company called Great Plains Software. So you, were, you worked for a big software. You worked for a couple of big software companies, Great Plains and SAP. You also had your own marketing agency. And the consistently you and I have always talked about is, you know, having a great referral network. So how, and your current company now, which is Vision 33, how has a great referral network helped make your businesses more successful? Well, you know, I think, I think we hit on some of it already, right? It's, it definitely focuses you on quality, right? Because y- you need to sell and deliver successfully, whatever it is, whether it's software, whether it's a, whether it's the way that you help somebody buy a house, whether it's the way you help somebody buy a car, whether it's the way you fix their toilet, right? You've got to deliver consistently um, and, and have great service in order to get referrals. Because getting a referral, having somebody recommend you is asking them to take their credibility and put it on the line. And they want to know that they can trust that. So I think it does 
if you have a very active referral strategy and you want to build your business by referral, it's going to focus you in on the quality of what you're doing, regardless of what that is. And you know, for us particularly, in, inside of Vision 33 today, it delivers about a third of our new customers every year, right? So if we weren't getting that business from a re- referral standpoint, that's a lot more effort that has to go into marketing and sales, and it's a lot more dollars that have to go into marketing, right? So impacts the profitability of the business dramatically because you don't have to spend the money to get those customers, right? And, and also referral customers tend to actually be more profitable because, again, you're not having to build credibility. They come with trust, you know, already in place. So that helps as well. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, you know, um, you know, especially in today's day and age, companies are pretty resource constrained, right? So a referral number can be a great way to drive your business without having to invest a lot of money in targeted advertising and, and online advertising, you know, investing in that strategy, do, do you think that's a great way to kind of bootstrap getting growth done in your company today? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it requires time, right? It requires time and, and network. So, you know, you can use the social media networks to help find people for you to network with and to try and drive referrals from. But ultimately, I think for local businesses, that referral business, that, that referral, those referrals need to come locally, right? That's, that's a face-to-face interaction. And if you're, you know, a local-based business, and by local, I mean, hey, you're doing business primarily with people within 75 to 100 miles of where you're located. If you're a local-based business, I think one of the best things you could do if you're not comfortable with referrals is actually joining up with a BNI group, right? Business Networks International, right? It's, is it a long-term strategy? For some of the trades, I think it's a long-term strategy. If you're, if you're a plumber, if you're a contractor, et cetera, for technology companies, maybe not as much, but it's a really good place to practice referrals and to hone your message. If you're talking, if you're a national or a multinational business, that's going to come out of the network that you that you've built over time, um, and a lot of that networking can get built at at a conference or other places where you're face to face. And again, that's really hard to do right now, but that will also change over time, right? We will get out of this non face to face COVID world at some point. Yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we've talked about the uh, why it's important to build a referral network. We've talked about how it has been successful in your businesses. What are some of the challenges or pitfalls in creating a, a great referral network? What are some of the potholes that our listeners need to need to watch out for and the, the traps, et cetera? Uh, you, you know, I think a lot of it is the flip side of some of what we talked about, right? You got to deliver, right? If, if you're not delivering on your product, if you're not delivering on your service and you're asking somebody for a referral, they're going to say yes, but never do it. Right? They'll think about you, but they, but they never do it. So you've got to be building that trust and you've got to have people have to have confidence that if they refer you, you're going to deliver for them. Right? It's not, you're, you're no longer delivering just on behalf of the promise your salesperson makes or that you as a founder makes. You're also delivering on behalf of the person who's recommended you. And, and you've got to keep that in mind. And, and if you don't, then you're, you're creating a problem for yourself through the process. Um, and then the other thing about referrals is they take time, right? You've got to invest the time to build the network, to work the network, but you have to keep building and working the network. It's not a, hey, I'm going to touch base with you once a year and hope that you're going to refer business to me, right? It, it, could be, it can be a lot of lunches. It can be a lot of dinners. It can be a lot of Zoom calls, whatever it might be. So when you had your own company, Dan, you know, leading results, who was your top 
network, who is your top referral source? And approximately how many clients a day refer you to? I mean, you have to say the name, but what kind of company was your top referral source? And how many referrals did they make? My top referral source was actually a tech company whose product I understood really well. And I probably got between two and five clients a year from them. You know, sometimes it was project work. Sometimes it was a long-term client. But referrals tend to come from people that know, like, and trust you, right? They've worked with you in the past. So it's a matter of making sure that you can build that know, like, and trust with a lot of people. And because of fact it's relationship-based, it it turns into a sale quicker, right? It isn't like it's a, you know, a cold lead into somebody, hey, give this person a call. Hey, I know so-and-so. We've done business together. Dan's a great guy. You should go talk to him. Now you've already, the lead's already warmed up, right? They already, right. they've already got over that trust barrier, you know, three quarters of the way, right? Versus having to start from scratch and say, okay, what is it about you? You know, what do you know, et cetera. So I think that's a, that's a great approach. Dan, a couple of things as well. What, you know, if you were to kind of just to wrap up here, if you were to kind of summarize three pieces of advice you would give our listeners in terms of creating a great referral network. What, what would those three pieces of advice be? So I think I think the first one is that that you've got to be really intentional about it, right? It, it's you'll get referrals by accident, but if you really want to consistently grow your business through referrals and have that be a substantial part of your business, you've got to be intentional about it. Uh, you, you've got to set down the time. You've got to think about the people. Uh, you've got to think about how do you position and give them the right information to communicate about you. Um, so that that's the first one. Second is really identify the right partners to get referrals from, right? Who are going to be the best people? I and mean, there's a lot of people in position to refer you. Um, some are going to be better than others, but then there's also business owners and other people that are more inclined to refer than others. So find the, find the right people and and really spend the time with those. And then I think the third one is that you've got to remember that out of your customers, probably only about 20% of your customers are really wired to give referrals. They're the ones who will actively talk about you. The other 60% are people that will refer you when somebody asks them. They say, do you know, when somebody goes up to them and says, hey, do you know somebody who, or where did you get this? Then they'll talk about you, but they won't do it actively. So it's figuring out what are those 20% of your customers that are going to actively refer you, talk about you when you're not in the room, and then when you figure out who they are, do everything you can to keep them happy, to love them to death, right? Because those are the ones that are going to really be your active supporters. And then I'll, I'll give you a fourth, which is just kind of a bonus. There are two books that I love around this topic that I both think that I think are really great. First one's a really old one. It was it's circa 1980s, which is Harvey McKay's Swim with the Sharks Without Getting, getting Eaten Alive. Um, I don't even know if you can find it in print anymore. Um <laughs> And then um, John Jantz, who runs Duct Tape Marketing, um, wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Referral Engine. And he does a really nice job of putting a lot of things I've talked about actually into a system and, and putting it that way. So those are two good books that go with it too. Well, Dan, that's, that's great advice. Like I said, you, you've had a great track record in your career of building a lot of great businesses on, on the strength of referral networks, which is why I really appreciate you coming in and sharing some of your really cool insights with our listeners. As always, Dan, it's always a pleasure to have you on and Thanks, and to chat with you, enhance some of your advices. You know, Jan, Dan has been an advisor and a mentor to me for years. I Many times I pick up the phone with my hair on fire saying, hey, Dan, what do you think about this, right? And he's able to, to help uh, steer me in the right direction. So, Dan, I really appreciate that. 
Really appreciate having, having you on today on the Business Breakthrough Thursdays. Thanks again for your time and, and all these great ideas. We look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm.